0: financial grown-up guide, pet insurance pros and cons. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Hey financial grown-ups, this is a very special and important financial grown-up guide. It was inspired by and is dedicated to my adorable Morky waffles. And for those of you wondering, a murky is a dog that is a combination of a Maltese and a Yorkie. Waffles is a familiar face to anyone that follows me on the social channels. Please join me there if you're not already. I love to hear what you have to say. Your DMs are so appreciated and meaningful to me. On Instagram, at Bobby Rebel one and on Twitter, I am at Bobby Rebel. You will see lots of pictures of Waffles if you follow me, and hopefully it'll brighten your day because she's pretty cute. If you DM me that you are a financial grown-up listener, I will be sure to follow you back. All right, let's talk about pet insurance. Pets are expensive. As an example, according to the American Kettle Club, the average lifetime cost of owning a dog is over $23,000. And according to the Canine Journal, the average annual spending on a pet is $1,843. This is scary. One third of dogs are going to get cancer in their lifetime, and that will cost between ten dollars and $20,000. And according to Value Penguin, the average monthly cost of pet insurance is $44.66 for dogs and $27.93 for cats for pet insurance plans that cover both accidents and illness. Those are just a lot of numbers I'm throwing at you, but you'll see there is a reason because this is a financial show. So we're going to talk a lot about the money involved in pet care and taking care of our loved ones. All right, as I mentioned, this episode was inspired by Waffles because we had our first really scary medical incident with her, and I'm going to try to not get emotional talking about it. All right, Waffles is turning seven right when this episode is going to come out. So this brings the issue of pet insurance top of mind. Most people that I know that are pet owners do not have pet insurance, just to be clear. And there are a lot of valid reasons not to have pet insurance. But as it may already be obvious, my family did choose to get pet insurance when we adopted Waffles as a puppy seven years ago. And I think it is important that whatever decision is right for you And your furry friends, you make it knowing the impact and the true cost of that decision. And it is a bit complicated. So this episode is going to be pretty comprehensive, but not completely. But we're going to leave a lot of links, more than usual, in the show notes so that you can follow up because this is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And I just want everyone to make the right decision for them. All right, so let's get to the pros and the cons. The big pro, of course, is that this is a financial safety net for your family if your pet gets sick, because if your pet gets sick, or if you suspect that they may have something, for the most part, you can afford the treatment if you have insurance. So with waffles, she had some symptoms that we thought were nothing. It wasn't a big thing, but just to be safe, we took her to the vet, who also said it was unlikely she had anything, but as with human doctors, she ran a lot of tests, a lot, for an 11-pound dog we're talking about here. So little Waffles had blood taken. It was really scary. They poked into her little paw. We had to hold her down. And then she had a sonogram where she had to lie on her back. And oh my goodness, this was very... I think I was more emotional than Waffles, but it was really hard. So she had a sonogram. And then they took um, urine samples and they ran a lot of tests. And in the end, she actually had an infection, and she did require antibiotics. And you know what? The bill was actually pretty big for something that was completely, thank Thank goodness, it was completely curable, and she's doing great. But this was something that, while it needed to be treated, it's not like she had some big emergency, but we were glad we had the insurance. And after our deductible, we did get um, what our plan pays, which is 90% back per incident is how our plan works. All right, the second pro how much can be covered these days. So pet insurance covers not just illness. It can also cover accidents. It can cover the cost of, and I'm sorry to say this part, it can even cover the cost of putting your pets to sleep in that horrible situation. It also, and this is a good thing, it can cover wellness costs. It can cover when you call pet hotlines. This depends on the plan that you get. Some plans will even cover things like advertising for a lost pet, or if you have to cancel your vacation because your pet got sick. And just like alternative therapies are now being included in a lot of human medical plans, while it may often cost more, some plans, and by the way, we don't have this, some plans will now offer coverage for acupuncture, physical therapy, hydrotherapy, and things like behavioral modification training and therapy. So they've really come a long way and they're taking their cue from the ways that a lot of our health insurance plans have evolved. And a lot of the focus on wellness is also expanding to our friends, our furry friends. All right. The third pro that I want to talk about for pet insurance is emotional peace of mind. And to me, this is the part that is really priceless because as we watched waffles looking so scared on this cold, it was really hard guys. It was this cold metal table that the vet has. I was confident that we could do and we could afford to do whatever was needed. And you may say, well, we would find the money. And we would have. But the truth is the pie is only so big. And so yes, you will find the money, but it will come at the expense of some other financial goal that you have or something else you were planning to be doing. In some cases, maybe you would be late with another bill or you would throw it on a credit card. And now you have medical debt, just like if you did that in regarding a human. And we know how much medical debt can hurt people. So of course you're going to find the money, but it's going to be really hard. And you always question whether you would make the same decisions if you had infinite financial resources to help your pet because of insurance or whether those resources were in reality, limited because the pie is only so big. Okay, but let's talk about the cons. The big con is that all of this comes at a price. While you can sometimes get catastrophic insurance for as little as $10 a month, that's not the norm. Although it's better than nothing, The average cost of pet insurance, as I mentioned, is about $45 a month. The cost can really add up depending on the deductible you want. So a lot of insurance companies, including the one that we use, have a sliding scale. So we moved it up and down and we came to kind of a happy medium with a $500 deductible. But you can have a bigger deductible and have lower monthly costs and so on but it's still there. So there's a nice piece in the dough roller and we're gonna leave a link to that in the show notes. And they do some math for different dog breeds and different deductible options. So as an example, at the insurance company that I happen to use, they price out that a two-year male mixed breed would have a premium of about $29, but then your deductible is a whopping $700. So you don't get reimbursed until you pay the $700. And for many pet insurance companies, that's per incident, not per year. So that's an important thing to look for. They work different ways. So make sure when you sign up, you understand whether your deductible is per incident, which is what we have or per year. For us, I was kind of happy that we had it per incident because our incident happened in December. So had we had it per year, we would have been paying $500 deductible. And then if there were follow-ups from that incident, which there still may be, we would be paying another deductible in the new year. And in the seven years that we've had her, we haven't actually paid. So that would be frustrating if it crossed the year dateline. But then again, there's also advantages to having it that way as well. And it all gets factored into the cost, of course. All right. So you don't get reimbursement, as I said, until you pay the $700. But if your pet needs surgery, that can be tens of thousands of dollars. So if you add up your monthly premium, sorry, let me correct that. If your monthly premium, if you move it up to about $48, according to this dough roller article, the deductible drops to just $200 per incident, of course. So again, check out that article, we'll leave it in the show notes. They do a lot of very simple math so you can see how the economics work. All right, one final note. While pet insurance is focused primarily on cats and dogs, at least one company nationwide does cover what they refer to as exotic pets like birds, chinchillas, chameleons, hedgehogs, tortoises, and various amphibians. And in the interest of full disclosure, in addition to our dog waffles, we do have a turtle named Hank. We have decided against insuring Hank. All right. Let's wrap up with a look at the big picture. Less than 1% of pet parents have pet insurance, even though healthcare costs are increasing faster than human healthcare. That according to Pet Life Today, as reported in the Canine Journal. But it's growing. More than 2 million pets were insured in North America at the end of 2017, according to the 2018 North American Pet Health insurance, state of the industry report. I know I'm throwing a lot of data at you, but it it makes the point and it's important. And you know what? I'm a journalist, so I tend to do a lot of reporting. All right, in the end, my personal advice is that although it is expensive, everyone should look into pet insurance and make a deliberate decision. If you don't think that you would have the out-of-pocket money to pay for a medical situation, it is worth looking into at least that catastrophic care for your pet. You don't want to choose between your love for your pet and your financial goals. I truly hope our pet insurance for Waffles turns out to be a total waste of money going forward, and she lives a very long and very healthy life with no need for it. But this recent incident, in retrospect, it was a small medical situation, but it really made it real. And like I said, it inspired this episode because I was really happy that we had made that decision. I know that mathematically, had we taken the premiums that we've paid over seven years times 12 months, we certainly would have come out ahead financially because it did not cost that much. However, realistically, was that going to happen? No. Maybe for you, it would. Maybe you do want to set up some kind of homemade version of a health savings account for a pet. Maybe that's something our legislators should think about. Maybe we can get that done in government, but for now, that's not happening. So maybe if you're not gonna do health insurance, you at least put aside some kind of a savings fund for your pet so you have money should something happen. Um, Because we always want the best healthcare possible for all members of our family. And I think that's really a big financial grown-up thing to do. Thanks, everyone. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebell is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.